0: Today in tradition number 26 from the commander of the faithful, Imam Ali, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, we want to look at the topic of what is a religious innovation and who are the innovators within a religion. Now this is a topic which obviously would span uh, much more discussion than what we want to allocate today. But just to give a very brief understanding of the concept of a religious innovation and what is a positive and a negative innovation within our religion and within our lives, let us first begin by looking at the tradition from Imam Ali, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, and then reflect on the commentary of what our scholars have written in terms of the understanding of this, of this uh, statement of his. And he says the following. As for the people of religious innovation, these are individuals who go against the commands of Allah and His book and His messenger. They are people who act based on their own personal whims and ambitions. And this is what the people of innovation are even if they are in large numbers within the Muslim community. When we look at this concept of innovation or being innovative, it carries actually multiple connotations and multiple meanings with it. We have a positive innovation and we have negative innovations. When we look at positive innovations, we see everything that we have around us in the world today, these are all positive innovations. 1400 years ago at the time of the Messenger of Allah, they did not have technology as we have today, with internet and satellites and computers and cameras and all of these lights and gadgets and things that are around us on a regular basis. These are innovations, but they are positive innovations. They are uh, scientific, uh, you know, cultural innovations that have brought benefit to humanity. And nobody can deny the fact that all of these things that we use today from our cars, to our public transport, to planes, to our smartphones, to every aspect of technology is an innovation which did not exist at the time of the Messenger of Allah and His rightful successors. But nobody will deny the fact that these are things which are permitted to be used as long as you are know, used within the, main, uh, the, the frame of religious uh, understanding. But nobody would deny the fact that these are all permissible to use and there is no problem with riding a car today. Um, It's not prohibited just because the Messenger of Allah did not drive in a car or fly a plane, that is, it is not allowed. No, we would accept this innovation as a positive innovation. But what the commander of the faithful is talking about in this tradition, which is the second form of innovation, which is where we have to be careful, is where we don't introduce things into the religion Uh, claiming those things to be a part of the religious understanding given to us by the Qur'an and the hadith of the 14 infallibles. But at the same time that we mention this, and we'll delve into this a bit more, we also see that sometimes the two, the positive and negative innovations, sometimes become mixed together. And as such, when that happens, actually we also need to be very careful. So an example given by the scholar who gives the commentary of this hadith he says that when you look at the aspect of the wudu, the ablution that we perform before we make our prayers or before we touch the Qur'an or any or many of the acts of worship, some people come up and say, well, this wudu, this ablution that we perform where we you know wash our face, we wash our arms uh, and we wipe our feet, that this wudu is only there because of the fact that at the time of the Messenger of Allah, because uh, health, and uh, you know uh, health awareness issues were not always there people did not lead a clean life uh, a physically clean life because of a lack of you know running water and, and such and such that islam ins- implemented this wudu so that at least the believers could wash their face and arms and feet at least 5 times a day but people say that well today we live in the 21st era 21st century era where we have showers and water and swimming pools and all of these luxuries where we can remain clean on a constant basis. And so some people believe uh, incorrectly that well, because we live in such a 21st century era of enlightenment where we have you know, fresh water at our disposal at the opening of a tap, so this wudu is now outdated. It is a non-required uh, component of our religion. And this is where we have the challenge of where a person combines a good innovation, running water, for example, with the wudu, and he comes or she comes up with a, a mixture where they basically are trying to now bring about an innovation in Islam where there is no basis to bring about such an innovation, that you know we don't have to worry about wudu because we are a clean, so to speak, physically clean society. So here is where the challenge comes about as the commander of the faithful mentions in this hadith in this tradition, that we can't be a people who innovate within to the religion and delegate to Allah or his book or the prophet or his successors, things which they themselves have not implemented or given us the right and the permission to uh, study and investigate and have our scholarship delve into to come up with a new understanding. This challenge of innovations within our religion in uh, trying to interpret the book of Allah and the sayings of the Prophet and his successors, and to innovate into the religion is not something new. Rather, this is something which was even there um, maybe during the time of the Messenger of Allah, but definitely after his demise, when the rulership, the governorship of the Muslim community came under this um, policy which was not in line with what the Messenger of Allah had envisioned and what he advised to the community, that there would be 12 divinely appointed successors but rather the entire process of how the uh, so-called khalifahs, the caliphs were chosen, became a form of an innovation within the religion, and their individual practices of what they implemented or changed within Islam, also became what we know as a bidet or as an innovation within our religion, which again, neither Allah nor His Prophet had ever condoned or sanctioned, but were changes made to the religion, which we see in the famous sermon of the commander of the faithful, Imam Ali, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, that when he takes over the caliphate, and he gives a very powerful sermon, he goes on to enumerate and list multiple, maybe 10 or 15, 20 different innovations that happened during the time of the demise of the Messenger of Allah up until the period of 25 years where he took over the caliphate of the Muslim community. And so he himself had to deal with many innovations, many changes that were brought about into the religion of Islam, and that he had to try and counter as best as he could uh, within the limited time and the ability that he had given the uh, many other challenges that he was facing from many different segments of the community at that particular time. One of the things that the commander of the faithful addresses, not particularly in this uh, sermon or in this tradition, but in other words and statements that he has given, is one of the reasons why such innovations come about within a religion. And he mentions the fact that many individuals who became the so-called leaders of the Muslim community, because of the fact that they were not able to directly challenge and change the religion of Islam, because that would be a very uh, you know open challenge to the verses of the Quran and the teachings of the Prophet, they did begin to introduce changes under the context of you know this being their opinion, their ijtihad, their independent reasoning, um, and from this they actually began to add changes into the religion because they could not directly change Islam. They did it through this method by you know whatever it is that they actually liked and desired that they wanted to impose on, on society or that they wanted to legitimize for their own self, that they brought this under the guise of having this under, in, independent understanding of religion. And so therefore the commander of the faithful says that these people could not directly attack Islam, and change verses of the Qur'an and change the tradition of the Prophet. And so they took a backdoor route to actually change the understanding of many practices by again using this this aspect of this independent reasoning within our religion. And they basically brought about those changes that they wanted to see within the religion in this particular way. And perhaps this is why in the traditions we see that it is the obligation of the scholars, the religious um, scholarship of Islam that any time in any era that they live and they see innovation being implemented within the religion that they speak out about it, because it stands to reason even if a person, a community, a, a nation were to introduce even one innovation, let's say a year. Over the course of 100, 200, 500, 1000 years, that would be thousands of innovations within the faith of Islam. So much so that it would be impossible at at any time to actually understand and know what true Islam is from what people have brought into the religion. And so therefore the traditions tell us that it is an obligation upon the religious scholarship that when they see innovations creeping into the religion, when they see people doing things which are not implement or not uh, you know have been instructed to be implemented within the religion even if they may seem very trivial or simple that the scholarship takes it upon themselves to stop such innovations and to educate the community of what is islam and what is not within the uh, boundaries of the faith of islam and so as we close we remind ourselves to look to the quran and the Traditions of the 14 infallibles as have been explained by our senior scholars to better understand our religion And that we do not take it upon ourselves to seek to redefine and reinterpret aspects of our faith which have been Fundamentals which have been in existence for the past 14 centuries and that if we are in a position to counter innovations within our religion with uh, where people are trying to reinterpret certain things which have no um, basis for being reinterpreted that as individuals who are uh, firm in our religious understanding that we take a stand against those individuals and we make it known of what the true perspective of Islam is in those particular areas which are being challenged. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.